The market doesn't joke around, so why would you? Get serious. Choose Tasty Trade. Tasty Trade gives you the tools you need to make smarter moves. Dig into data with advanced charting, track profit accurately with order chain trackers, see risk clearly with curve analysis, and trade with low-capped commissions, stocks, options, futures, and more. All on one platform. No wonder serious traders choose Tasty Trade. Join the club, genius. Tasty Trading is a registered broker-dealer and member of FINRA and SIPC. Market insight and analysis. You're listening to the opening bell of CNBC Squawk on the Street. Good morning and happy new year, everybody. Welcome to Squawk on the Street. I'm David Faber, along with Jim Cramer. Carl has the morning off. Let's give you a look at futures, of course, as we uh, head into the first opening bell of 2000. And 21, the uh, year's first trading session, you can see looking a lot like a lot of those from last year. We are looking for a higher open. Our roadmap does start with that record rally. Stocks, as I just said, seem set to pick up where they left off last year. Plus, we've got that COVID conundrum. Hospitalizations are at record highs. Vaccinations falling short and more than a million Americans passing through airports this holiday weekend. And finally, as you heard, Mike Novogratz just uh, referencing as well. Shares of Tesla, yeah, up again. Automaker falling just short of its goal of half a million deliveries for 2020. But its stock, of course, as we pointed out, was up over 700% and seems, Jim, to be ready to start another year strongly. Uh, getting back to uh, starting strongly, let's talk about the markets and your thoughts about them. I, I noted Mr. Novogratz's last comment there which was simply as long as the Fed stays where it is, one would imagine these speculative runs will continue. In that case, he was talking about Tesla to a lesser extent, perhaps Bitcoin. Well, look, that's become the consensus view. Uh, there's nothing wrong with the consensus view at the beginning of the year. I do think that there are issues that are very much at stake here. If the Senate goes Democratic, which is certainly a possibility. Uh, then I think we'd have to rethink how we feel about the market, David, because obviously I think that puts a lot of the tax uh, issues right front and center. We'll have made it so that perhaps you should have taken uh, should have taken some sales last year. Also, David, I, I think that putting everything on the Fed once again says that earnings have to be good. I think earnings will be good for a lot of companies, but I, I want to see the uh, vaccination be good. I think a lot of what's going on in the market is a belief that we're going to vaccinate and that it's going to work. I think that's terrific if true. But at a certain point, if if so many people are at the hospital, hospitals so far are not around the country are at different levels. But if, if we don't get a better distribution of the vaccine and we delay a lot of what's supposed to happen in terms of the opening economy, then I think a lot of companies, David, are going to miss their quarters. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, we're back to the subject, obviously, we spent a great deal of time on for uh, throughout last year, which is the movement of the virus through the population. And you mentioned it as well, Jim, a lot of ICU units and a lot of different hospitals are they're not at capacity, thankfully, but they're approaching it. And these frontline workers, these healthcare workers, the doctors, the nurses, everybody else in these hospitals have been flat out for so long. They're exhausted and there's concern whether they can even keep up with what continues to be an influx of patients, even while people are getting the vaccine, but not at the rate that we had hoped they would. Look, let's, why doesn't somebody just, I'll call it, 
it, the vaccination process was supposed to be terrific. We were supposed to be, get 20 million people uh, vaccinated by year end. We we're supposed to be able to make it so that there was some pattern. There's 50 patterns. Nobody knows what's going on. We have no idea what's happening. Everyone keeps acting, even including Dr. Fauci, I like him, as if this thing's going well. Well, David, if it's going well, why the hell don't we know what's going? I know. I mean, what, we get four million people. I mean, we got a lot of people in this country. And we all keep acting as if everything is going well. I don't even know if J&J comes out with one that works and is one shot. I don't even know how it's going to get in our arms. It's total disorganization. It's a complete clown show. We can't even get to the people at nursing homes. We can't get to the people who are most logical, which are people at the hospitals. But we all like this. Everything's fine. David, if you and I were running this thing, I swear. It would be done better. And you and I don't know anything about public health. It's a public health issue, and we all act as if everything's going. Everything's right. We might you know, know, the, we might we, know the right people the to, to talk the yeah, truth. We might know the right people to enlist to actually help us execute it. You know, on, on your point, it's not a function of the availability of the vaccine, which, of course, had been a concern for some time. It's more a function, as you say, of getting it into people's arms. Dr. Gottlieb, who we rely on so often here, of course, was on Squawk Box, as he often is this morning, Jim. Take a listen, because he talked about the fact that doses are being stockpiled, and he's not sure why that's the case. I don't think you need to be stockpiling all these doses. I think people should be getting the second dose. They should be getting the second dose largely on time. But we can be pushing out more first doses now and be using the future supply that's going to come on the market in the month of January to administer some of those second doses. So you need to stockpile something if you want to make sure there's a smooth transition to the second doses. But you don't need to be stockpiling as much when you can't seem to even get the first dose in people's arms, Jim. No, there's no reason to stockpile. Uh, It's a total clown show. Uh, We know that the medicine is somewhere. We know that the vials have been shipped somewhere. We have no clarity of the process. We don't know who's supposed to get it and who isn't. Uh, There are obviously uh, lots of vaccines somewhere. Uh, If you wanted to come up with a a more stupid way to distribute it, you would. uh, I don't know how you would. We've got army to private sector uh, to private sector, to private sector, to public sector, back to private sector with record keeping problems, back to public sector, to private sector. Now, David, this is so stupid. But no one wants to say it. It's almost as if we are all pretending it's a giant Disney movie. And by the way, Disney, I think, goes higher here. Uh, There is no way that anybody can come on and be credible and say this isn't a huge joke. But they're all so afraid to call it a joke. Why am I not afraid? Well, in November, I I called it out as being that it would be total chaos. You know what? No one wants to call it chaos because then suddenly you're breaking the patina. Um, we look, the president was very forceful, very forceful this weekend, but he was forceful with Georgia officials. Yeah. Yeah. Trying to uh, find those votes. I struggle. Yeah. I struggle. No, you do. Listen, as you point out, you know, the federal government has dumped it to a certain extent or a large extent on the states. And many of these states are simply not in a position to be able to execute this, especially given what they've been dealing with. I mean, you've got to hire new people. Do you have a state? They, they don't even have the budgets to do, you do have these a state, things. David? Say again. No. Do you have a state? Of do, the 50, do you have a state? Do I have a state? I mean, state? do you have a state that actually is knows? Uh, well, it's, I think it has some states are, some states like every like everything which, else which in this ones? crisis. Some states are doing better than others. Uh, it's 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 yeah. left to the individual states to make their own plans. Some states are doing better than others, right. Jim, and that's where we stand with the well, vaccine David, distribution. Like, oh, Listen, at least we got we the, the half a million doses a day. Right now. Yeah, yeah, uh, we got the military handling it right now. 
But you know what? But not when nationwide. If it's the Omaha not, Beach, it's not going to be in the military. It's going to be it's Rhode Island's got it, and, and, you know, and I'm going to send Nebraska in there. I mean, who would have come up with this other than someone who wants it to fail? Well, I don't think that anybody wants it to fail. Uh, there is also well, this question as well of people who are refusing to take the doses. You've all heard some of the anecdotal information about nursing yeah, home yeah. workers in certain states. You heard the governor, I think it was of Ohio, talking about that last week. Uh, Jim, it's not going as well as we would hope. We all know that. Uh, that said, go. it is. You got that. How about the therapeutics, David? Yeah. We're stockpiling I therapeutics. I, I don't know. But what? They, they don't really work? I mean, the Regeneron, it worked good for the for President of the United States. Yeah. I, I, a couple of early days. But, you know, that's being stockpiled. You got to get that David, into people this is early. the opposite you gotta, of when I got the polio vaccine. Right. When I got the polio vaccine, there was a sugar cube at my high school. We had a lot of high schools. The next day, no polio in the country because everybody had to take it. But that was a different time. Now we have red states, we have blue states, we got governors. I don't know. I find it bewildering. How about that? I hear you. Uh, I'll give you one more, uh, one more uh, quote here. Let's listen to uh, Masif Slawi, of course, who was chief advisor to Operation Warp Speed. Get his take on where things stand. Take a listen. We know that for the Moderna vaccine, giving half the dose to people between the age of 18 and 55, Two doses, half the dose, which means exactly achieving the objective of immunizing double the number of people with the doses we have. We know it induces identical immune response to the 100 microgram dose. And therefore, we are in discussion with Moderna and with the FDA. Of course, ultimately, it will be an FDA decision to accelerate okay. injecting half the volume. I think that's a more responsible approach that will be based on facts and data to okay. immunize more people. And, of course, we continue to produce more vaccine doses. Yeah. There you go, Jim. There, that, that at least is a positive, wouldn't it be? One dose? That's the man I said would uh, address directly. He told me, I said it would be chaos. He totally disagreed with me. He's sure. wrong. I Next. Remember. I remember. Here's an idea. Yeah, he's wrong. Next. Give me someone else. Uh, the Regeneron drug, okay? It's equally stupid to the vaccine. It completely, you know, the FDA says it works, all right? The FDA said it works. They did super consideration. They went through the whole process. We can keep people out of the hospitals, but it's disappeared. Um, so once again, these people that, if, and the reason I said that next, let's say these were CEOs. Wall of shame. Wall of shame. Where's Fauci? Why doesn't he say enough equivocation? Wall of shame. But no, because they're involved in some sort of operation. We revere them. David, none of these people is capable of being a CEO of a Fortune 500 company. But because they are in some sort of position, we say they're okay. You know what, David? Occidental CEO could do a better job. Wow, you really are going out there. I, I rest mean, my case. Maybe very well. That could Number be the case. Number 500 in the S&P. But, you know, sometimes government has delivered for us, uh, certainly in the past. Um, but this last yeah, year, World is, War II, it has not dynamite, covered itself in glory. Dynamite, World War II. Yeah. Terrific. Polio. Yes. yes. Sabin vaccine. Yes. Very well. Uh, a lot of other times. Man on the moon. But uh, these people who come no, with, what has he got, two, what, he's got a two, two uh, solution, what, a two arm solution? I mean, look at that Moderna thing. I mean, hello. And watch this. If J&J comes up with a billion vaccine, I think you should go to another country to get it faster than you get it in this country. Yes, it's that bad. But, David, those Georgia people who are denying the redcoats, I call them. I no longer call them red states. The redcoats, that's the focus. Yeah. Um, 
I know there are plenty of people who have noted the fact that uh, I'm going to get the tweeted, David. I'm going to get a another, negative oh, you're tweet. You're going to get it big. Yeah, another 15 days in office. He's I know, focused on but trying I, you to know what? I got my wife here. Of an election my as family. opposed to dealing with the crisis, not to mention the Russian hack, by the way, which I like to come back to because oh, the national yeah. security implications That's of fine. that continue no that. to evolve or devolve, whichever way you want to put it, Jim. Um, but it's frightening. We still don't really know the breadth, the scope, the depth and the implications of that uh, of that intrusion by the Russians. No, but uh, look, I think that obviously a lot of we haven't even heard has was this on prem going to cloud? Was it totally on prem? Should we put it all in the cloud so it doesn't happen again? Is the cloud secure enough? If we use a CrowdStrike solution, this fire eye went up very big after it. I can't figure that out. It's become the Tesla of cybersecurity. I think it's much more of the uh, Studebaker cybersecurity. I get confused, David. I just know that there's been absolutely no public uh, uh, finger-pointing committee about who did this. See, we're supposed to have security. But once again, it's uh, let's get an ETF and buy that. Well, we missed it. Uh, We were focused on securing the election, which we seem to have been quite successful at. We should point that out. Um, 11,000. What do I need, David? I need 11,000. How many do I need? 11,780? I don't know what the exact number would be. But then you got to move on to other states, too. That's not enough. Georgia's not enough for you. Um, David, is this like a Jeffersonian solution, or is it more Hayes-Tilden? Is it Hayes-Tilden? I'll go with Hayes-Tilden. The corrupt bargain? We're 13 minutes in. We talked a lot about that, but not a lot about the markets and about Tesla. Come on, 13 minutes into the show, we haven't discussed Tesla. We'll get to that after the break, of course, on that record number of deliveries in 2020. And we've got a lot of merger and acquisition activity this morning. We've got Centene's deal to acquire Magellan Health. We've got that FLIR deal uh, as well. We've got MGM's move on a U.K. gaming company. All of that coming straight ahead. Let's get straight to the point. You want to grow your portfolio to fight rising costs of inflation or pay off your debt or anything standing in the way of you and financial freedom, right? Yahoo Finance, our sponsor today, can help. For more than 25 years, Yahoo Finance has been helping great investors like you. Whether you're a seasoned investor or just looking for tips, Yahoo Finance makes it super easy by putting all the tools and data you need in one spot. Yahoo Finance takes a holistic look at the financial news cycle, including breaking news, original editorial perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts, and more. You can securely link your brokerage accounts for a unified view of your wealth, including 401k and other investments. That's how Yahoo Finance gives you insights and helps you take a look at your wealth in its entirety. That big picture perspective is what great investors need. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor. YahooFinance.com, the number one financial destination. YahooFinance.com. That's YahooFinance.com. Well, Tesla shares doing what they usually do. They're on the rise this morning. The company posting record deliveries in 2020, above what analysts were forecasting, although just shy of Elon Musk's target of a half a million cars. The stock was last year's best performer on the S&P, of course. It was up over 700 percent. Its market value is approaching $700 billion this morning, Jim. Uh, it's a name we talked about so often last year for obvious reasons, and one I would expect that we will continue to talk a great deal about this year as well. Yeah, well, look, there are some reasons for it to go up. The numbers in China were very good. 
This could be Europe's year. Uh, it's a momentum stock. Let's say it was a semiconductor company. What it's basically done is come up with the uh, 386. It had the 286. Now it's got the 386. It could have the 486. If you go back to a chart of Intel during that great run where it became the microprocessor and went from 18th semiconductor to number one semiconductor company, we always were uh, willing to take it up on every single iteration, even with four, uh, the 46, the Pentium. Each time the stock went up. And that's kind of how you have to think about this. Uh, you can't think of it as a, a really expensive stock. You just have to think about it, which obviously it is. You have to think about it by iterations. And if you think about it that way, then it makes some sense to the people who are watching it go up. Uh, the people who are buying it, I think, look at it like that. Uh, they, look as, at, uh, they look at Musk as a super-duper Andy Grove. And you know, that way you can justify it. I think you and I, David, are saying uh, yeah. it's tough. Uh, to find a way, but you, you just view China as an iteration. That's the 386. You view Europe as the 486. You're the rest of the world as uh, the truck, as the Pentium. And then you can figure at least some confine, some metric that makes sense. Right. I mean, Jim, we've made the point many times it's not just Tesla. When you talk about larger cohorts and EV, so to speak, whether they be other vehicle makers, NEO, for example, also incredible performance there. Some of them are. Or Fisker or Nikola uh, uh, Workhorse. And there's QuantumScape, by the way, looking down dramatically. That's the battery maker. We also had one on last week called Romeo Power that just came public through a SPAC as well. Uh, closed their deal. Yeah, where art thou? Uh, yeah, where art yeah. thou? I thought the, the young man right. who was the CEO is very impressive. Um, but, by the way, I'm not sure why QuantumScape is, is looking down. Deep? Not sure. Scooter's Jag Deep, when you, you yeah. created Jag Deep on the quantum. You created they don't cre him. He, it's funny. They don't compete against them, Romeo. They actually put together the yeah. packs themselves uh, and have some very significant investors, oh. as does QuantumScape. Any reason why you know why QuantumScape's looking down, other than the fact that it was up so much? <laughs> well, I don't know. Look, the Eagles should have won, and they chose not to. I don't know. I mean, anything can happen. Anything can happen. I know. Uh, I, I'm I not look, sure why. That's why QuantumScape's going to be down 28%, but yeah. Well, is QuantumScape a bargain at these prices? Well, I mean, again, QuantumScape is just under the umbrella of Tesla, I think. Right. Because it's got a little better battery. Uh, so this is uh, uh, the AMD. I don't know. During the old days, using that analogy, of course, now AMD is superior to Intel. So anything can happen. But remember, this is a battery company that had $40 billion valuation. Clearly, I would say, once again, uh, a lot of enthusiasm, David. Uh, that a lot of younger investors lock really ups. like these stocks. Lockups. That's lock what it up, is. Lockup yeah. expiration? Lockup expiration. Right. Yep. Well, the Robin, David, the Robin, a lot of the people, we can't call them Robin Hoods anymore. What should we call them? Merry Men? Sure. I like Murray that. Yeah, that's, a nice, that's a nice and women. The Merry Men and women Murray like lockups. Yes. They, the merry men like lockups. They embrace lockups. I don't want to be sexist here. The yeah. merry people, they yeah. like lockups because it's supply, just like they like the supply with the cruise ships. Right. I wish I were being facetious, just like I wish I were being facetious when my non-relative, Senator Kramer, came on and said that the president was exercising uh, his Democratic right to be able to say really uh, nice things to the Georgia Republicans. I, I think, once again, I mean, there's a fantasy world going on. Um, I am trying so hard to be a part of it, David. I, it's a big world after all, and the Murray men have their way right now. And they do, uh, and they may for some time, uh, which brings me to yeah, another. Good yeah, for now. Well, well, sports betting, online gaming. I mean, the, there was a pipe registered. Stock trading. Pipe registered this morning, QuantumScape. 
Right. Why can't the Murray people have their way? What is what? What, what the, you, the, the king? It's, it's, it's David. It's a Connecticut Yankee in King Arthur's court. Let's do a little. Hey, Twain. 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 I'm taking Twain up by 40. Taking up Twain up. To, I'm bidding Twain 40. Uh, uh, no, take Twain 45. <laughs> he can do right? all that just from the comfort of Twain his own home or wherever he is. Twain and Shakespeare, they're both good. Imagine when he gets back to the studio This is King Henry the This all is right, King Henry all right. the Fourth. We got to stop talking. Still. We got to take a break, okay? Catch your breath. Why? Catch I'm your at breath. home. This is great. Uh, yeah, I know. Go have some more coffee. Whatever else you can do over there at home. Uh, get ready for your mad dash, will you, please? We're back after this. What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration, our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. So you need a business partner just like you. Like FedEx, who understands your passion for serving your customers because they have the same commitment towards you. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. What's more, FedEx Ground is faster to more locations than UPS Ground. Trust FedEx for timely deliveries. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx. All right, it is time for that mad dash. He's had a chance to catch his breath very briefly. Airbnb is what you want to focus on? Yeah, David, I'm looking at the preponderance of Airbnb recommendations this morning, and it come out very positive. Uh, elite class of technology disruptors, share taker, uh, traffic now. If you list, you get uh, very quickly five days, you'll be able to be, uh, get booked. Um, secular winner in an enormous $1.5 trillion total addressable market. I find it even more positive. We had a couple of DoorDash ones, but I see I secularly love Airbnb. I have to tell you, I think it should go higher. Um, and David, remember when you have these stocks that uh, that are let's call disruptors. Again, it's very hard to value, so you just say, you know what, buy it, and that's what people are doing. And you think they're well they're well positioned to actually do that, even at this level, and given the performance of the stock from its IPO price. Yes, I think they are because uh, they we don't I don't see any sign that uh, right now the we're going to be an end of the pandemic. And as long as the pandemic's on, people trial uh, Airbnb. And I think they're going to believe come out and realize it's a much less expensive way to be able to go somewhere. Uh, it's one of these things not unlike what Thor has discovered, which is the company that makes Airstream a lot of the of the very big RVs, that it's just a good way to be able to travel. So I think Airbnb is being showcased by uh, the lack of the ability to get the vaccine out and the trialers like it. Alternative accommodations, AA. Yeah. All right. David, I figured it out. You're number three. You had 320 billion, million people, 320 million people ahead of you. Yeah. I don't think that's a problem. You okay with that? Yeah, um, yeah I, no problem. 2023, I'm ready. No, I, I, I'm, I'm trying to arrange it. I'm going to put you down. Maybe, David, maybe a box of it will fall off a truck. It could. It could. 
I think that's, yeah, right? that's, you never know. Don't you think it's kind of like Harry Lyme and the third man? I'm going to remain so hopeful. I'm going to remain hopeful that we are going to fix these I problems. I love your attitude. I Got was it. very hopeful last night that we would lose. And you know what? Maybe you're hopeful that this loses. Yeah, I was actually, being, being a Giants fan as well, I was obviously hoping for a different outcome. Uh, all right. The opening bell's mm. got a few minutes away. we got a lot of M&A to get to, as I mentioned, which we will do right after this break. Welcome back uh, to Squawk on the Street. We've got a minute till we get to an opening bell, which gives me time, Jim, to ask you that question I always like to ask, which is what is the key, if there is one, to this market this morning? Well, when I look things over, David, I'm actually going to come back to a financial, all right? We have a series of upgrades. They're significant from Barclays. Uh, Goldman Sachs, I'm going to throw in Morgan Stanley, hold to buy. David, this last leg of the market, the last rally was led by the financials. Some people feel it was led by the oils because oil went up. But if you look at the S&P 500, it, it, the last uh, 50 names were almost all oil. But Goldman and Morgan had a big run. Are we beginning, David, to see some differentiation between the companies that are far more oriented towards sticky help of individuals? Uh, I'm happy to have the, the money centers, but this is what I'm watching, Goldman yep. slash Morgan. And we'll, we'll watch them. It's funny. I no longer have the year-to-date performance in my uh, column for that. Everything's zeros, but uh, that will not be the case beginning right now as we watch uh, the real-time exchange right back here at our headquarters, of course. And uh, we were looking for a higher open. We seem to be getting that. Of course, the Nasdaq was the great performer last year, somewhat 44% in terms oh. of its gains. But the S&P, Jim, was also up 16%. That's a number that few could have expected at the depths, certainly of the crisis itself, but of the market. I shouldn't say of the crisis because, in fact, the virus is worse than ever. And that is, wor that is worth mentioning. Despite the vaccine being available, right. the virus is killing more people and hospitalizing more people in this country than it has throughout this pandemic. Yeah, I know people have been saying... Uh uh, I've been soapboxing about the idea that that's happening. I, I actually am just trying to articulate the bear case. The bull case is we get it straightened out. J&J &J starts being able to vaccinate. Uh, the FDA is listened to by the National Institute of, uh, of Health, which it's not right now on Regeneron. And then I think we're OK. But, uh, David, there is a sense, an absolute sense that retail's coming back. Uh, I know Matthew Boss from J.P. Morgan, who's so good, once again says you got to buy Lulu. Now you got to buy Vanity Fair, the old V. That's VF now. Uh, you got to buy uh, Tapestry. Uh, you got to buy L Brands, uh, American Eagle. So I'm looking at you know, some people feeling very good about the say old mall names. And David, remember the last week was not good for the Zooms and not good for the Octas, not good for a lot of the companies that you and I talk about as the new uh, blue chips. No. They, they didn't seem all that blue chip. I also want to point out, David, there is a critical Bernstein, uh, my child trust owns this, a critical Bernstein piece on Boeing saying enough is enough, 787 problems, uh, cash flow trajectory not like what it was. Baird says December was a record month, buy it. But obviously, Boeing weighing on the doubt. Don't you love it? I said weighing on the I always wanted to say that. Such a great cliche. <laughs> weighing on the doubt. 
I can say uh, it. You can say anything you want, and oftentimes you do. Um, no. Palantir no, also is another name, Jim. Well, you, 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 we can come close. Palantir, another name that, got, that was, name, that was quite weak towards the end of the year also that had been soaring, of course, through that period that we, we talked about it every day. It's down a bit today but as Reddit well. But Reddit said that Reddit, which is better than Goldman and Morgan Stanley, yeah. obviously on research. Remember when, uh, when, remember when uh, David Portnoy was the top analyst on Wall Street? Uh, now, the, the Reddit guys love this Palantir. I once said something bad about it, David. Uh, I was I, I spammed better than what Hormel could do with, with the pumpkin spam. Uh, so I, I am watching Palantir closely. I cannot believe you have PayPal's Dan Schulman without me. Uh, I that don't have them either. I don't know who's got them. It's not me. Yeah, Squawk Alley, the great program that begins Squawk at 11 a.m. Eastern. Them. Yeah, they have them. They got Schulman. Yeah, Squawk Alley has them. Happy, Happy New Year, Dan. Yeah. Every so often, people don't yeah. come on with you, Jim. You mentioned uh, your one-time idol, yeah. uh, the Barstool sports guy. Yeah. You don't talk Dave. about him as much. Um, yeah, Dave. Um, well, I mean, he's not as involved in – he's done unbelievable sports stuff lately. I mean, no, I know. I, I mention it because it gets me to this MGM deal, potential deal. Did you see this? Um, in the yes, UK. Yes, and that's exactly what this is. Because, yes. because it you does go to a trend that you've been following closely that I'm frankly just starting to get onto, which is the growth of sports betting, obviously, throughout this country, uh, where more and more states are legalizing it, and online gaming, where you're not thought to get as many states eventually on board, but certainly there will be a decent total addressable market. I mean, people talking about a $30 billion market here in the U.S. for sports betting alone, Jim, and then you add in gaming worldwide. Uh, and sports betting, you know, who knows, $200 billion opportunity. And we have all of the major companies getting involved. MGM, the latest, uh, they had tried once before to buy this Entain uh, at 1285. They came back at 0.6 of their shares, which is roughly, let's call it 1375. They're saying 1383, 1,383 pence for Entain. Uh, they've confirmed they've received the offer. Again, you can see what the premium was. They are the only potential buyer because they do have this JV in the U.S. that basically precludes any other strategic interest because it does include the ability to reject potential deals and the like. So we'll see whether the deal happens, Jim. But again, it points the spotlight on the growing importance for these traditional gaming companies of having a significant online presence in sports betting and in online gaming. Yeah, I mean, look, the genesis for this is, is David Portnoy in Barstool. But remember, Penn National teamed up with him. Great deal, $300 million for both sides uh, with some additional stock. Uh, David, there is a, a grudging recognition by networks that maybe they ought to start doing it. Um, they're going to be too late. DraftKings, I do a program for DraftKings. DraftKings is way ahead. Uh, does FanDuel get purchased? I don't know. But uh, there is still a sense among the networks of unease. But when 50 states, which is what probably what's going to happen, endorse gambling, where's the unease? I mean, when Adam Silver right. says it's OK, where's the unease? And the answer is hidebound thinking. Every network in the end has to have a gambling network. Uh, but most of these companies in this business believe that it's beneath them. Yep. You know, well, there, you know, from a, from a business perspective, it. perhaps it shouldn't be. Uh, it's a U.K. takeover. Of course, they got 28 days. We'll see what happens. They obviously MGM. Certainly, I can tell you want to buy this thing. There's no doubt about it. And their hope is that they will oh, end up here with this all stock deal. Although IAC is a part of this as well. Remember, they bought that significant stake. It was fascinating. They're already up enormously on it. 
it was what this summer. Remember when they uh, when they stepped in? We had Joey Levin on from IAC. Barry Diller, of course, behind that as well. They're also a part of this deal, which is fascinating, uh, Jim. So you've got IAC basically there to potentially say to some of these UK holders, "Hey, you want cash? We'll give you cash for your shares." And then they would obviously become a larger overall holder of MGM, which they seem happy to do uh, at IAC. Which wow, had quite a year overall right, well, itself. Look, it- Oh, it's been unbelievable. The, the issue here, how do you get traditional TV to even think about gambling when they never even mention the line? I don't I mean, but you, the do you even, do the you even need it. I mean, 5G is going to bring this stuff to life on so many people's phones in so many ways. And you've oh, got yeah. this cohort, as you all who know, wins? these it- younger people who are, who are more familiar with this than they are any TV anyway, uh, who are betting, who are yeah, betting but- on games, betting on all sorts of stuff. Betting on whether the Eagles would take out right. Jalen Hurts for some reason. There are a million things to bet on, but if you don't even, if you're unwilling to talk about the line, if you're unwilling to talk about fantasy, which all networks are, they're hopeless. Yeah. And, you know, I hope they're listening to me because it's pretty easy. You have to say, wow, gamblers are going to be bummed out by taking out Hurts. You know, something that recognizes that the real world is gambling now and the fake world is not talking about it. Right. I mean, we're still like in the world of, uh, of Brent, Jane and Irv. I mean, you know, give me a break. <laughs> when you look at what's going on out there with younger people, they're not watching traditional because traditional is unwilling to say the Eagles are not favored. How can these networks continue uh, to avoid it? And the answer is they're watching and they're saying Kramer, Kramer's office rocker. Meanwhile, the DraftKings people inherit the earth. Uh, Barstool inherits the earth. Uh, MGM's trying to inherit the earth. Yep. You don't want to be left behind in this gold rush. Uh, all right. Speaking of, uh, well, not gold rush. Let's talk other deals here this morning because there's a there's quite a few of them. Jim, we're going to have a CEO on of one of them as well. But let me get to Teledyne and Fleer. I'm sure you saw that one. Just give people the, the basics there. 28 bucks a share in cash and 0.0718 shares of Teledyne. Uh, $4.5 billion credit facility to help finance it. Immediately accretive to earnings. First full calendar year. Expect to close the middle of next year. And that, of course, as you might expect, has Fleer shares up uh, quite nicely. We can take a look there. Uh, at how they're doing. And importantly, as we always like to point out in stock deals, you have to look at the shares of the acquirer as well uh, and see what's going on there. So um, we've got that I've liked transaction. There's time. a look at Flare Up. Thermal 21. imaging. Yeah. But broadcast cameras. When you watch some, uh, a program based in Britain, they always seem to have the cameras on everything. Well, FLIR does that. It's kind of the way the future of our country is behind when it comes to the uh, cameras. Uh, thermal imaging is really important. It's, it's a great deal. FLIR, FLIR's been left behind. The group was only was up uh, barely up the last year as opposed to a lot of the other cybersecurity companies. A, a, a great deal by Teledyne. Um, and I have to tell you that this is, again, a Leon Cooperman name that's working. Yeah. Um, bye. Jim, uh, something I, I just want to put an end to because we followed it was that uh, – that contingent value right from the Bristol-Myers-Celgene deal, you remember that? Of course, uh, in order for, yeah, didn't for get CDR didn't holders get to get the $9 payout, and for Bristol-Myers to have to pay out, what was it, I think close to $8 billion, something like that, uh, they yeah. needed three different approvals, and they didn't get the one they needed on Lisa Cell, uh, or Lisa Cell uh, but, by but the remember, end of last year. And it's expired worthless. Uh, there's a look at Bristol-Myers. We can't even show you the yeah. other one. It's done. The CVR is gone. Yeah, most people thought uh, this wouldn't happen because it was the end of the year and nothing was occurring. 
And that's why Bristol, which you would have thought would be up, would be up uh, given how Bristol much they saved. Because there, there, there was still yeah. hope that the FDA, you know, that they would give the final approval. It's an important cancer medication. By the way, it doesn't right. mean it's not going to get approved. It just didn't get approved in time for right. the CDR. Yeah. Right. There was a manufacturing uh, issue. Uh, the analysts right now have not been in favor of Bristol-Myers. They yeah. made a big acquisition involving uh, Hart. Uh, they have, they're not part of Operation uh, Warp Speed. And they're kind of just right now in a holding pattern, disappointing versus the others, uh, yeah. even though I've always revered the company and think that it is worth more. It gives you 3% yield. Yep. The other uh, deal, uh, Jim, of course, is Centene. Uh, buying Magellan Health. Whoa, Michael Nydorf! 95 bucks a share, all cash. And you know what? When we come back, we're going to have the CEO, Centene. You just said his name. First, though, let's get to the bond report. Give you a quick take on uh, how treasuries are looking right now as we kick off the new year. There's a look at yields across the board. 10-year, 0.943 as we await construction spending data that's due out at the top of the hour. And we should point out the yield on that 10-year note coming off its biggest one-day, one-year decline since 2011. Of course, we know what happened. Let's take a look at the dollars we finish up here. Lowest level since April of 2018. That was also an important story. You can see what the year of last year at least looked like. We'll see if that continues in this year's trading. We're back right after this. Take a look at shares of Centene and Magellan Health. Uh, as you see, uh, heading in somewhat opposite directions. Centene, let's call it uh, even on the morning. Uh, this after, uh, of course, the announcement that Centene will acquire the managed health care provider for $2.2 billion. Joining us now is Michael Nydorf. He's chairman and CEO of Centene. Michael, good to have you with us. In the press release announcing the deal, you say this, uh, quote, this acquisition accelerates our diversification strategy and enhances our ability to build next generation capabilities in our specialty care business by leveraging our scale and investments in technology. All right, explain to our viewers what actually that means. Okay, it's a mouthful, isn't it? We, um, we, have, we have some major new technologies that are coming to play and our size and scale will allow, has allowed us to develop it and it will allow Magellan to use this technology to continue to serve their customers effectively. And let me just kind of frame it for you. We have a company, Healthcare Enterprises. It has an independent board. It allows us to do companies like this where they maintain their independence, firewalls between us and them, so that their outside customers stay very comfortable. It's set it up by uh, Sarah London. And that's important. But this just increases our total capability. One of the things, and I use this as an example, we believe that as you move forward in healthcare, you have to integrate it. And we're dealing with very vulnerable populations. So, for example, you have a newly diagnosed diabetic, and they're with their endocrinologist or new cancer patient or something. They need to go see a psychologist to know how to deal with it. Their families may need that help. This is going to allow us to enhance that, put all these systems together, take some of our other technology and just create a more advanced healthcare system. But this moves you much more firmly into behavioral health and that market and obviously mental health, which in particular during the pandemic has become a, a, a critical area. Yes. I mean, it's, a, it's, one of, it's a very underserved 
market. And uh, it's been suboptimal in the kind of care that one. This gives us a very broad network to work with, as do their other customers. And so this, I see that we see this as a very positive step in improving health outcomes, which will longer term and shorter term reduce costs significantly. Uh, Michael, Jim, always good to see you. Happy New Year. Likewise. Happy New Year to you, sir. Okay, so we have a, I don't know, a constitutional crisis, conceivably, perhaps a new president uh, in uh, just a few days. Uh, he is obviously very much involved with uh, the Affordable Care Act. A lot of what you've done should dovetail well with the Affordable Care Act, including this acquisition. How do you feel about the possibility that the Affordable Care Act could be modified a bit and that it might be something that Americans like? Well, I think Americans have liked the Affordable Care Act. And I think we have a president and administration that understands the importance of everyone having access to affordable care. And we're not worried about what it's called or anything else. And I'm, and we've had conversations with him uh, during the campaign. And I'm very comfortable that he and his vice president want to see health care access there. They want that they're going to focus on the quality and all this will play in very well for us in, in how we're helping them deal with the uh, most vulnerable populations. One of the things that has changed in the healthcare system is telemedicine. I know you do telemedicine yourself. What is the cost of a visit to a doctor versus a visit to a doctor on, uh, tel- on your handheld? Now, I don't have all the exact numbers in front of me, but it's a, it's a smaller percentage, but we're going to be structuring it based on how long that telemedicine consult is. If it's a five minute with a, a derm and he looks at the rash and says, oh, it's nothing, that's different. But if it's a 10 or 15 where they're talking to an a internist or a cardiologist or something, that's, you pay more. They go into the office, you're going to pay more for that, obviously. So it, it will be a scale. And uh, what's most important is the access. You know, we're very firm on, on access. And the, the physicians, the primary care physicians, are becoming fewer and fewer because the procedural guys can do much better than primary care than the cognitive people. So anything we can do to help make them more efficient, we're going to be right behind it. Why Magellan Health as opposed to potentially trying to build this business on your own or some others that may be out there that were available? Well, the, uh, the network, they have a really a superb network across all 50 states. They have some other disease management that we've used. We've been a customer of theirs for probably a decade. So we know them, know them well. They have a radiology product we've been very successful with. They have a, uh, they're working on an oncology product we've been working with them on. So when you have somebody you know and work with, why not? It makes sense. And they, uh, when they spun off their MCC business to uh, Molina, we were able to, to do it because there was a, uh, there had been too much over, uh, too much conflict there with the two of them. And, and, and when you overlay the two plans. So they, they have the network. They have a management team we have a lot of respect for. The respect is mutual. And it's the team staying with us. Ken signed a longer-term agreement with us. And uh, yeah. so it, it, it was the right fit, Jim. Uh, and finally, uh, Michael, uh, uh, 
just as a as a senior healthcare executive of one of the larger companies out there, what is your sense right now in terms of our ability in this country to get people vaccinated? Are you disappointed with what you're seeing? Yes, I am. Um, and I um, I think that there is a uh, things could be done better. You know, and in some ways, I, I was thinking that while they have some private services delivered, you know, FedEx and UBS and that, it's a, maybe just an example where private industry does things a little bit better than government at times. And I, I, I couldn't help wondering in my own mind if they had contracted with somebody that was a logistics company said, we want to get this out, it may have gone better. It's just, uh, it's disappointing. We need to get it out. We need to get the get people inoculated, the first line people in the hospitals and the older people in nursing homes and that. It's, it's, it should be able to get done. I mean, in wartime, I see why they thought about the military. In wartime, we move missiles and everything else very quickly. But this is a different product and a different project. And uh, yes, I wish it had happened faster. And I and I do believe that um, the new administration has put together a team that maybe has a better shot at getting it done. All right. Well, we will hope so. We appreciate you joining us. Thank you. I thank you and happy new year, everybody. And to you, Michael Nidor from Centene. We're going to take a quick commercial break. Stay with us. All right, it's time for Stop Trading, and it's a name, Jim, that uh, we haven't talked about in a while. We have to. We have to talk about Newell. Uh, this Newell is the new Newell. This is the one with, a, I think, a terrific CEO. It's got a 4% yield. Carl Icahn put some people on the board. Look at this thing, David. Jeffrey's upgrades it to a buy, but this is one of the most quiet comebacks we've ever seen. I like the stock. I like the idea that you have a lot of outdoor camping goods in there, but I also like the fact it's now better run. And a better run Newell is a, a Newell that I think you and I would be interested in taking a hard look at. Yeah, of course, it took quite some time to recover from that Jordan acquisition. Uh, and as you said, previous yeah. management and Carl Icahn and Starboard both got very involved from an activist perspective, Jim. And they did a good job. Starboard's been doing a, a great job in a lot of different places, David. Take a look at Marvell. That's a real winner. MRVL, a positive note today, raising price target. And Marvell is a great, uh, fantastic 3G, uh, 5G and on also a cloud play. So I, I think that we should start talking about some activists doing some pretty good stock picking. It's really working. Uh, I'm excited about them again, as I am self-directed and the Murray men. The Murray men. You Robin love those Hood, Merry the Men. Merry That's uh, the new name. Yeah, okay. Merry Men, that includes the Reddit people, the Barstool people, the right. people in my buy, whatever there is, whatever we want to create, David. And, of okay. course, let's include the gamblers. What's the line on Newell getting to 25 within now and, let's say, March? I don't know. I, I, I don't know about the, the options, options market. Yeah, isn't that what that is? Um, oh, Jim? Sh- well, that's what the point is. What do we got <laughs> coming up on Mad Money tonight? All right. We've got Marty Musi. We have to find out how the country small business is doing its paychecks. He's had a series of great quarters after many people doubted him. And those people, by the way, can I just say, were ill-advised. I used to say the word stupid, but this is 2021. I'm trying to turn over New Leaf. And then Sanjay Poon and boy, David VMware, kind of in the hot seat to some degree with Dell. But uh, also just a really good company when it comes to trying to get on the cloud. A lot to do, David. So exciting to see you. I've missed everything. 
Uh, I've missed you guys. And this is really exciting here. I know people cannot tell that I'm not at the office. Uh, my uh, lovely wife, Lisa, I always want to say lovely. It's really great because she's right over here. Did my makeup. I've never, I don't know. I look pretty darn good. You, you can't see this. Good. You can't see this. I don't know. You look good. Uh, you know, I got the bad macne. I've got terrible macne. Yeah. And uh, no more. All right. Well, you're back here. I think you're back here. I feel here like what? I've been clear. So I feel like a 13-year-old right when after going to the dermatologist. Nothing wrong with feeling like a 13-year-old. A lot of us wish we could feel like Thank a 13-year-old. So much yeah. ahead of me. You do. Sweet. You do. Happy New Year, my friend. I'll see you right I back here you, soon. Okay. You I too. love you, Right man. back at you. You've been listening to the opening hour of CNBC's Squawk on the Street. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. FedEx Ground service is also faster to more locations than UPS Ground. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively, FedEx.